Welcome, beautiful people, to Growthology Podcast. I'm Lorena, and I'm a licensed mental health therapist that is very interested in the science behind all things well-being and growth. And I am Monica. I'm a working mom, a wife, currently a college student, and I'm just an everyday person who's trying to live a happy and healthy life. In our podcast, we discuss topics like personal growth, wellness, mindfulness, and emotional intelligence, and hopes to grow a community of positivity. Hello, beautiful people. Today we are talking about the growth of social media, the pros and cons of social media, and how we can combat the negative effects that social media can have on our mental health. Yeah, and we often talk about the importance of socializing on this podcast, and Mm -hmm. it's really one of the most important parts of improving our mental health, and that's human connection. So being socially connected eases a variety of symptoms like stress, anxiety, and depression. Being social also leads to increased lifespans and even stronger immune systems. I've never heard that before. That is so interesting. Mm -hmm. So we can live longer just having, well, I guess having that social connection makes sense. And we're very, we're social creatures. Right. Yeah. It's part of our genetics, basically. Mm -hmm. In this new virtual world, connection is important. And now we have more opportunities to be connected with people. One study that I was reading about by ourworldindata.org says that suicide kills 800,000 people globally, and that's double the rate of homicides. And the 2018 data provided by the CDC from the National Institute of Mental Health.org's website the second leading cause of death amongst children from 10 to 14 is suicide. And that's after unintentional injuries, which is honestly extremely troubling to me to comprehend and digest that children between 10 and 14 are taking their lives at this point because of whatever kind of social stress is going on and connection Of course, we've talked about it being so important and it's at our fingertips. So you would think that with all of these capabilities that people would feel more connected. But in fact, it seems like it's more of the opposite. So obviously, I haven't done any studies on this and I'm not an expert, but I'm just curious on what the specific relationship is between this data and the effects that come from social media. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a good question. I think there is a good amount of research out there on that because it has become so prominent in such a day-to-day and all-day activity for kids to do now is just be stuck on their phones, stuck on their computers. Mm-hmm. But I know that that type of connection is not the same and it doesn't have the same benefits as face-to-face connections. So mm-hmm. especially when we think about social media, we think that Uh, We see a lot of positives, especially now with COVID, because it's still a way to stay somewhat connected with one another. Mm -hmm. And like you mentioned, Monica, social media has grown so rapidly and it seems to be changing on a weekly basis, a day-to-day basis. We have new apps, new updates, new ways of connection, 
Um, I know like TikTok became so popular during the pandemic that now when I think of the pandemic, TikTok is up there on the things that I that I think about when I think of the mm-hmm. pandemic. And that's pretty insane. You know, social media is involved with politics, the workplace, home life, basically anything and everything. And so many of us are on social med- media, whether it be all of them or just a few apps. And I also see kids starting to be on social media at younger and younger ages. Pew Research Center reports that 97% of 13 to 17 year olds use one of at least seven major online platforms. I definitely see the good in it, but there's just a lot of bad as well. I mean, I remember... The first time that I got my MySpace, I think was about 13, 14 years old. So yeah. it makes sense that that's happening. But now it's just so much more available because, you know, you used to have to go online and then you had to log in. It's not like you had MySpace just at your fingertips. But now it's yeah. literally going to tell you, hey, you have a new message. And it's so easy to get sucked mm-hmm. in. Yeah, and then we had dial-up internet, and if our parents needed to make a phone call, we had to get kicked off or log off. Right, the <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ten hours later. Yeah. Mom, get off the phone. I know, right? I'm trying to chat with my friends and do HTML. That goes way back. That's funny. Yeah. Like. I remember back when people would actually read like um, encyclopedias instead of Wikipedia because my yeah. parents had uh, an encyclopedia disc that you would put into your computer and you can look up anything. And I would look through it because I was just a weird kid wanting to look <laughs> up stuff in the encyclopedia. But now it's all available, like all the information yeah, you Google could it. want. It's just there. And that's amazing. Yeah. Any questions Sean and I have, we're like, Google it google it mm-hmm. you know yeah, there's the too. answer right away <laughs> right we'll be like no this is right no that's why are we arguing just pull up google <laughs> <laughs> yeah so like i mentioned at the beginning of the episode there are a lot of positives to socialization so that brings in the ability that social media has to keep us connected so we're able to communicate with friends and family We're able to find new connections and different communities, clubs, groups to stay connected with things that are our hobbies or things that we're interested in or even new things that we'd like to get into. We're able to stay connected with certain causes like social causes, political causes, and even give give back to those in need. You know, it's a good way to find a place to, to volunteer or to give back, to donate. Um, It also allows us to seek or offer emotional support to others. It's a good outlet to express creativity. I've been able to use social media to stay connected to my family that's in South America. So that has been an amazing thing that we're still able to communicate and share pictures. And I could see my, you know, little nieces and nephews growing, even though we're so many miles apart. But at the same time, I've had the experiences where I'm mindlessly scrolling and then I could also get those negative effects of it where it's such a big distraction from from the now and from being mindful and just really paying attention to the things that we're supposed to be doing. 
uh, some negatives are we start comparing our lives to other people's lives and Mm -hmm. the things that they have and we don't have or what people's lives appear to be on social media because that's not really reality you know it's like a highlight reel of all of our lives right you know we might start feeling bad about ourselves shopping for unnecessary things I think that social media has made it really easy for us to do impulsive shopping and impulsive buying that Mm -hmm. we see something and we don't really think about I didn't even know I needed this and you really don't need it you just want it because you see it you see somebody wearing Mm -hmm. it or having it and you're like oh I want that that's cool yep I know I've done that before yeah (laughs) I think we all have Yeah, they had these leggings that Kylie Jenner was wearing, and Mm -hmm. she was like, oh, you can get them 50% off, and I was like, oh, those are cute, and I was like, I think my butt would look good in those, (laughs) and I'm like, I need these, I need my butt to look like that, and then then I found myself having two in the cart, and then before I knew it, I was like, I need to just close out of this and walk away. And I almost yeah. spent like $80 on leggings that I thought would make my butt look bigger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they can definitely get us so easy, especially when they start saying like these crazy sales, like 50 to 70% off. But, mm-hmm. you know, they're just it's fast fashion and or they're hijacking the prices to make you think that you're you're saving. <laughs> right. Mm hmm. Some other things that personally have been a positives for me regarding social media is that it's helped me meet new friends in a new state. It's gotten me motivated to run by joining these running groups in my area and then also learning about, you know, like social events or outdoor events. And then the gym that I go to, I also found on social media. I found a lot of really great connections through social media. So like you, I found a community. So I found the Vegan Phoenix community, which is actually pretty big. Mm -hmm. So there's a whole Instagram, actually a few Instagrams that are focused just on vegan restaurants within Phoenix. And obviously, that's awesome to know when the new vegan restaurants are opening up because that's how I get my vegan food news. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I also like to use social media to help me focus on my goals and ambitions and um, really stay connected with people that are like-minded or that that think like me. So um, I follow a lot of hashtags. Right now, I follow hashtag organize. Also, Right now, I'm trying to get into professional work attire. So I follow some hashtags that has like business professionals and I have like on my feed, it's like all these people that know how to dress nice with like businessy fashion, even though I'm in the military and all I wear is the same thing every day. But it's because I don't know anything about those things. So things that really interest me are things that, you know, I'm trying to project myself into, like maybe one day I would like to work in a regular office. What am I going to wear for that? And like, you know, understanding those concepts to keep that, that positivity going in that direction. Yeah. I totally forgot about the vegan community to mention that back in Connecticut, I was part of this group called the vegan lady gang. Uh, which was awesome and I miss it so much because we did so many different things. We did activism, we did social gatherings, we did potlucks and it was really fun just to meet like my like you said like minded people in the area. Mm-hmm. 
there's not one in Maryland, but I am part of a group on Facebook that's, you know, like vegan community in Maryland. So that's been mm-hmm. nice to, like you said, find new restaurants and just feel connected in some way with something that we're pretty passionate about. Right. Another issue related with social media is related to the news. And a lot of the news are, you know, quote unquote fake, but then there's a positive side that people can be more aware of what's going on in our world, depending on what sources they're using. So an issue with social media is that if you're interested in in one type of news, that's what the algorithm will curate for you. So you're only getting one side of the story unless you go out and you really try to look at different things. But, you know, if you're a liberal, then you're only going to get liberal news. If you're conservative, you're only going to get conservative views and news. Mm -hmm. So that I find problematic because we're not getting information from an array of resources. And I know that a lot of people just look at memes on Facebook or will just repost things without opening a link and then you don't really know what's true or not mm-hmm. a study from pew research found that 62 percent of people get their news from social media so that's a really large amount of people that are getting a news from a source that might not even be true or qualified or you know based on facts and science right and I feel like it's necessary to bring up the events that happened earlier uh, this month at the Capitol. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you've already mentioned that that media is biased. Social media is just another platform for those biases to kind of cultivate and continue to grow. So we know CNN and Fox News. And if you listen to one versus the other, your perception on reality or perception on what's going on is going to be two completely different narratives. And being that, you know, you're hearing these things on a daily basis, you become emotionally invested into what's being told to you. And it kind of like develops in your soul and you get all of these feelings of anger and frustration. Um, So, for example, if you feel that if Biden is president, then you're going to lose everything that you've worked hard for. And he's going to give it and share it and it's become a social socialist society. Or if you um, or if Trump is president, then he's going to continue to promote racism or his administration is going to run as if there's no laws that kind of oversee him and just do whatever. So it's two completely different narratives. And actually, both of them are extremely scary when you think about like what each other thinks about one another. Mm-hmm. And each one of those narratives is going to continue to be biased. As you mentioned, our web browsers are going to say what we want them to say it's not going to say what's factual it's not going to say anything that's going to compete our or our thinking that's already happening it's just going to continue to drive our thoughts into the same direction yeah and that we don't have the ability to question or challenge our own beliefs which is really where growth happens and when we're able to keep an open mind to a certain extent of course if we're we're somebody Mm -hmm. that you know, truly believe something is wrong and immoral, then of course, it's, you know, that makes it really hard to keep an open mind. But overall, if we're not challenging or questioning our own beliefs, then we're not really growing. Right. 
And unfortunately, that's not what people want. People want to find support groups that support what they already know. And then that's how you get these massive followings. And before you know it, you have a movement. And once you have that, it could be an attempt to take action. Um, And it's dangerous. It can be dangerous. We saw just earlier this month how dangerous it can be. And that's and I'm not saying that that it's singular to one side. I'm saying that it's just across the board. Anybody can be dangerous when it's turned from all of this built up emotion um, into people that are like, okay, we need to do something about it. And that's scary. I personally feel like we have an obligation to challenge our own biases because, as you mentioned, it really helps you grow. And that has to do with racial biases, uh, sexual biases, sexism, even politics. If you're just feeding one side, then there's no opportunity for you to really understand one another. And then it's just going to continue to be like the good and the bad side, which is one thing that I catch myself doing all the time when I don't understand somebody. I automatically put, oh, well, they're a bad person person or their intent is not good but when you really try to take opportunity to understand one another then you might see things can be a little bit different and they have different motives but when you put that wall up then it turns into the good versus evil yeah it's always good I think to get well I don't want to say always but I think often is a good thing a positive thing to get more feedback from people and ask like well how did you come up with this like where did these beliefs come from or what happened in your life that led you to this belief and I've had some good conversations with people that don't feel comfortable getting vaccines and at first Mm -hmm. I'm like just follow science why are you not doing this this makes no sense to me you know coming from a judgmental place and that's Mm -hmm. not Uh, you know, that's not productive for anybody. So asking them like, well, when did you start, you know, fearing vaccines or being against them and like hearing their personal stories and then things make more sense. And it's like you said before, not it's not just black and white. You know, we all come from Mm -hmm. a different place and have had different experiences. And there's a reason why we believe the things that we do. Right. And talking about all of these biases and it it kind of makes me think about Hitler right so he used things like the media and jokes and humiliation to really separate people and make one group of people to be hated on and he pushed that and wanted people to say hey these people are the problem it's their fault they're causing some kind of toxicity to society and then people started making those judgments and then that turns into hate so Mm -hmm. I think when you find yourself doing that you have to challenge it you have to take a step back and say okay that's not how it is they're just different people with different perspectives and I guess I I like to think that most people are good. I think that there are bad people and there are people that are mentally ill. And there are some people that maybe have no feelings towards other people at all. But that's very few. That's a psychopath. But the majority of of who we are has to do with the things that happened in our lives. And sometimes people are in situations that are outside of their control. And I'm not saying that anything bad that anybody does is justified. People should not do anything that's bad, especially like murder and rape and those kinds of things. 
not saying that that's okay. I'm saying is that people have different things that could have happened to them that maybe brought them to this point to either think that that's okay or just don't care. Yeah, and only 1% of the population meets criteria for psych- psychopath. That's good to know. Yeah, so it's it's so hard because it really does feel like it's spiraling out of control and I get sucked into certain posts and then I have to stop myself from going down that rabbit hole. And it's it's so important for us as individuals to all be really aware of all the things that that you just talked about because nobody is protecting us against all of that. If anything, media and the social media is just trying to suck us further in. So we have to protect ourselves and sort of shield ourselves against all that negativity and all of that push towards one way or another. So I think the main thing is being self-aware about where you're going and what kind of thoughts you're having and impulses you're having, as well as, like I said previously, really questioning yourself and your own beliefs and then the judgments we have against other people. Mm-hmm. According to helpguide.org, multiple studies have found a strong correlation among heavy social media use with depression, anxiety, loneliness, self-harm, and even suicidal thoughts. So when I was in high school, I read Monica Lewinsky's biography and I thought that was really powerful to read because it talked about how the media bullied her and the effects that that had on her mental health. And, you know, she had like a really severe psychotic break after I think the FBI interviewed her for a few days, like locked in a room trying to like basically figure out what happened between her relationship with uh, the former president and I think cyberbullying is like the more modernized version of that, only it's not happening to somebody who has had an affair with the president. It's happening to kids every day in high school or in different social circumstances. I know like even in the military that they'll make fun of people who don't work on aircraft. You're considered an honor and then they're bullying you there. And there's a whole website where they just go and say non-honor this and non-honor that. So there's so many examples of different people being bullied and it's unfortunate because a lot of young adults are being traumatized by these situations yeah yeah and another example that came to mind when you mentioned monica lewinsky was the i don't know if you remember the big lawsuit against mcdonald's coffee for being really hot Oh, yeah, yeah. This was mm-hmm. back in 1994. So I when... watched a documentary on this. So yes. <laughs> so you know what I'm about to say, right? <laughs> uh-huh. Right. Yeah, how this, this poor old lady was basically also bullied and the story was completely, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the story was basically wrong that was being given to the news. And then everybody, even now, when you talk about this, people are like, they make fun of it. Like, oh, yeah, you're getting co- hot coffee. Of course, it's hot. But it was actually like an elderly mm-hmm. working class woman that that brought it up to them because they had the coffee that they had was actually way too hot. It was 190 degrees mm-hmm. Fahrenheit, which is uh, near boiling point, and it caused third degree burns on her legs and genitals, and it almost mm-hmm. it almost killed her. And McDonald's right. was aware that this was unsafe, but they still kept giving it, and they actually had. They had Mm -hmm. received like 700 reports of people burning themselves and they never did anything about it. Mm -hmm. So this this lady 
She didn't even want to go to court. She just wanted McDonald's to pay her medical expenses. So her medical expenses were $20,000 and McDonald's only offered $800. So that's what led wow. to the file to for her to file the lawsuit. Mm-hmm. She should she mm-hmm. just wanted them to pay her medical bills cuz she was an elderly working class lady and McDonald's is a what a multi-billion dollar company. So right. then it settled for about $600,000 and that's when McDonald's mm-hmm. began changing how it hates up its coffee. Yeah, I remember before watching that documentary, I thought the same thing that everybody else did. Like, wow, I can't believe like it's just too hot and, you know, and maybe you burn yourself a little bit. But after watching that, so I worked in fast food for, I think, two and a half Mm -hmm. years. And I know if the water is that hot, they're probably using the preparation water. The preparation water is so hot. It's used specifically just to prepare the foods. It's not supposed to be used for anything that like a drink that comes in contact with them. That's the only thing at the fast food restaurants that gets that hot. So that means they were probably not doing things that they they were doing things that they weren't supposed to and serving this poor woman extremely hot coffee. And I felt so bad for her. And then I felt bad for thinking those things and making those assumptions on a story that I wasn't even there for. We just get this information and we take it for fact without doing any of our own research. And that's what happens. And that's how things get misconstrued and history is changed. It's like that game telephone Mm -hmm. that you play in school where you start with one sentence, say it to a bunch of people, and then it ends being a whole different thing. That happens in real life, too, with real life events. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Yeah, so going back to the negative effects that social media can have, it could lead to inadequate feelings of self and our own life. FOMO, which is fear of missing out. So seeing other people do certain things and then feeling bad about not being there or missing out on certain events. Isolation, like I mentioned before, depression and anxiety. Like you mentioned, cyberbullying and also self-absorption. And social Mm -hmm. media, like you said, is always accessible now with, you know, our phone. So it's causing hyper connectivity, which can lead to things like lack of privacy, sharing incorrect information that spreads like wildfire, relationship issues a lot of the times, and then seeing things that are, you know, online versus what's really reality. Right. And I 100% agree with that disconnect with reality. I mean, just look at people who are famous on Instagram. You're like, their life is so cool. And then you become envious and it starts this whole thing Mm -hmm. like Kylie Jenner and her leggings. (laughs) (laughs) You and those damn leggings starts. I'm gonna have to get those for you. I know. I'm not gonna let them go. For your birthday. (laughs) They're long gone. I I did forget about them until I looked at this episode. Well, that's good. Let's forget about them again. (laughs) I found some other good ones that were cheaper. (laughs) And just like any other addiction, social media can actually cause psychological cravings. So how do I know if my social media use is problematic? Some things to be aware of and, and be paying attention to are if we're spending more time on social media than with our real life friends. Now this is kind of tricky now with COVID because we're being discouraged to spend time 
in real life, but just keep that in mind. Comparing yourself to others on social media that's leading to negative self-thoughts and negative self-perceptions about oneself. Having no time to be mindful, like any and every downtime is spent on social media and not doing anything else like meditating or paying attention to what you're actually doing at the moment. Uh, This leads to a lack of reflection and a lack of self-awareness. Being distracted at school, work, or other events. Sleep issues, how you feel after using social media. So if after you've been scrolling, how are you feeling? Do you feel negatively and overall or do you feel okay? And then also if you you are doing cyberbullying or if you are a victim of cyberbullying. I definitely have caught myself and this is a little bit more like I want to say I'm getting better but I would catch myself being on social media a lot and that was something that I really hated that like how much I would get sucked into it. Luckily because I when I first discovered TikTok I would be on there forever. Oh, I'm still <laughs> um, but I'm now still there. <laughs> How'd you do it? <laughs> but I don't know oh. I was just like I the, I think I took a few days break and then after that it was okay. Okay. Um, You're strong. (laughs) But it's hard. I think I find myself on Instagram probably the most. Um, That used to be my vice, but but now it's definitely TikTok because it's so freaking entertaining. It's just so funny. Like, Mm -hmm. I just laugh the entire time I'm on it. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure everything that comes across your feed is pretty pretty hilarious. Yeah, I think the algorithm is just like ridiculous stuff and and puppies. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) but I definitely find myself getting drained if I watch too Mm -hmm. much or if I scroll too much. So finding a better balance is something that has been on my mind. I know that I'm not perfect and it's something that, you know, I do catch myself even at work because sometimes work is boring Mm -hmm. and I'm just like, oh, let me just look at my phone and I'm just like, okay, I need to stop. So being self-aware, they even have apps that you can install into your phone that can limit the amount that you're on certain applications. So let's say you want to only do 30 minutes of TikTok. It'll put a timer every time you open up the TikTok app. And then after 30 minutes, you're locked out for the rest Mm -hmm. of the day, which I did find really helpful as a training tool to be a little bit more aware, like, holy cow, 30 minutes was up pretty quick. And if I waste three hours on my phone, then before I know it's just gone. Yeah, that's a good one. Which I actually learned recently that I think it was like a TED talk, but the amount of work that your mind takes looking at what you're scrolling through is the same amount of work that it does when you're like hyper focused and working on like work things. So if you think you're taking a break from work by looking at your phone, you're actually continuing the process of still working and your mind never gets that chance to reset. So it recommended that if you feel like work fatigue, rather than looking at your phone, go for a walk outside and try to find a way to connect yourself with what's going on around you rather than what's going on in the interways yeah that's a good idea I think I I should definitely do that if I have time at work because I definitely do that between uh, breaks or during lunch I'll just right away hop on my phone and use it as a distraction but yeah it doesn't make me feel any less tired or more energized or anything like that so getting some fresh air I could definitely see that being more beneficial Mm-hmm. So how can we deal with this? You know, you mentioned some really good tips on how we can control it and limit it. So some things, some additional things are reducing notifications so that 
We're less likely to check our phones every time it buzzes. We can delete certain apps that we feel addicted to. And we can also only follow people on platforms that make us feel good, not those that we begin to compare ourselves to. Like you said, use an app to track the amount of time we spend. Turn off our phones Mm -hmm. at certain times or put it on airplane mode. Not bringing the phone to bed disabling certain notifications limiting how many times i've done that yeah for for like all apps or no well there's only a limited amount that will actually vibrate Mm -hmm. my phone um and let me know that i have a message on there but i also unfollowed people on facebook yeah same (laughs) because they were stressing me out and it was like i i love them as people Mm -hmm. but i'm just like i can't look at this because every time i look at my phone i get pissed (laughs) and i'm just like you know what i'm gonna be the bigger person and just say i'm not gonna engage with this yeah during these and just turn it off during um this more like political dividing time i found that I knew that on Facebook you could hide people's posts so you don't have to delete them as a friend but you can stop seeing they post and but I also I didn't know that you could do that on Instagram so I found that too and I did it for some people <laughs> for the same reason like I didn't know Instagram Yeah either. yeah so I'll let you know how to do it if you have somebody you're trying to block <laughs> I think I'm more selective on Instagram on who yeah. I follow Yes yeah, I am followed <laughs> a lot And it also helped being on there less because there's nothing really to look at. And we do it because we love you. It's not because we don't want to talk to you. It's because it's better for our relationship that we do that. (laughs) I won't start like presenting you or the relationship if I just, my mental health can't handle certain things right now. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, We can also set specific no phone times, whether it be while we're eating, exercising, working, watching a show or movie with our significant other, try removing some apps from our phone, and remembering, like I said previously, that social media is often a highlight reel, and people don't post about their, for the most part, I know that there are people that do, but majority of people don't post about their down days or their struggles, so don't forget that this still exists in everyone's life. No matter how good it seems someone has it, struggles are a normal part of life that we all go through so we just don't talk about it on social media at times right I always look at things is this daily habit either who I'm following or what I'm reading is it a negative is it a positive and which one is it feeding into because it's kind of going one way or the other so there's some things that are within reason I try to keep up on what's going on with the news without like overwhelming myself on my biases it's like okay I have the information and then I'm just going to move on with my day but if I'm continuing to look at all of these people that continue to support an idea then I'm still feeding into a certain idea and is that becoming a negative perception towards mm-hmm. things and then if this is a positive thing like following person certain hashtags then okay let me keep going on that positivity especially if it's encouraging me to be super organized or encouraging me to 
go outside of our bubble. Um, I know we like follow a lot of people on our Instagram that have positivities or things about mental health. Um, and that's what we put out there for people to see and kind of be a part of a positive community. So those things are positive. So just look at what you have going on and say negative, positive. Do I need it? Do I not? And then kind of make that decision. Yeah. And that's a really good way of kind of like cleaning up the things that we're doing and looking at and as well as asking ourselves if this certain thing is adding value to our life or just making us feel worse about our life or about ourselves. We have a few resources that we found pretty helpful in terms of getting additional information about the effects of social media. Two TEDx talks. One is called Impact of Social Media on Youth by Katanu Mbevi, M-B-E-V-I. And Is Social Media Hurting Your Mental Health by Bailey Parnell. And of course, The Social Media Dilemma, which is a documentary currently being streamed on Netflix. Also, if you want more information about Monica Lewinsky's story, she did a TED Talk and it's called The Price of Shame. And that one was also really encouraging. We hope that you enjoyed today's podcast and found it beneficial for your mental health and your overall well-being. Okay, beautiful people, remember to stay growing. Also, be sure to follow us on Instagram. Just look up at Growthology Podcast, no space.